In this episode of The God That Would Grow Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Acts chapter 27. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a godly wood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godly Wood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godly Wood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godly Wood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. Let's get started with the word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to read your word and hear what you have to say. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Help us to hear what you want us to hear and see what you want us to see. I love you so much. In Jesus' beautiful name I pray, amen. All right, my sisters, today we are finishing up our study on the book of Acts. Can you believe it? After all this time. We are finishing up the book of Acts. We're going to go through Acts 27 and 28. We're about to see Paul experience storms, shipwrecks, snake bites. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so much that this man goes through. And when you think about it, how he goes through it for the glory of God, how he never loses courage, how he never stops talking about Jesus, how he continues to encourage and equip others with the gospel of Christ, even when he's going through the worst possible stuff. It's so encouraging for us as Christians to be able to see this example of this man who relentlessly pursued sharing the gospel of Christ. He was relentless. That is like the one word I think of when I think about the apostle Paul. Relentless. This man went through so much, put up with so much, came through so much, and he still ends the book of Acts sharing the gospel of Christ. So let's dive in. We're at the easy to read version and uh, chapter 27 says this. It was decided that we would sail for Italy. An army officer named Julius, who served in the emperor's special army, was put in charge of guarding Paul and some other prisoners on the ship. And for you girls who didn't listen to yesterday's episode, just so you know, we ended the episode with Paul standing in front of the new governor and these leaders, and they, they all said, this man has done nothing wrong. Had he not asked to be seen before Caesar, we could have just let him go. But because he requested to have go uh, be tried by Caesar, now we have to send him over to Caesar. But the thing about it is he's not even guilty of doing anything. He's literally now in prison because some haters lied on him and tried to start a mob and get him killed. So... Now, when we're in verse 27, now this is the uh, leaders trying to figure out how to get him over to Rome <laughs> so he can stand trial before Caesar. Okay, so um, continuing on verse 2. We got on a ship from the city of Adradium that was ready to sail to different places in Asia. Aristarchus, a man from Thessalonica, Macedonia, went with us. The next day, we came to the city of Sidon. Julius was very good to Paul and gave him freedom to go visit his friends there, who gave him whatever he needed. So for verse 3, I want to pause there because look at the favor of God there. Paul is technically a prisoner. Paul is technically arrested. And he has so the Lord is looking out for him so much that even when he gets to Sidon, they don't treat him like that. The um, Julius, the leader... He saw favor with him and was like, you know, yeah, go see what, go see your friends, go encourage your friends. And I bet money 
Paul went over to those other Christian houses and encouraged them in the scripture, even though he was currently a prisoner, right? So remember that God's favor goes with you even in the worst situations. God's favor is still upon you. He's still looking out for you. He's still making sure that you have what you need when you need it. Verse four, we left that city and sailed close to the island of Cyprus because the wind was blowing against us. Now this wind is going, this wind is going to come up again, okay? (laughs) Verse five, we went across the city by Cilicia and Pamphylia. Then we came to the city of Myra and Lycia. There, the army officer found a ship from the city of Alexandria that was going to Italy. So he put us on it. We sailed slowly for many days. It was hard for us to reach the city of Sindis because the wind was blowing against us. We could not go any farther that way. So we sailed by the south side of the island of Crete near Salome. We sailed across the coast, but the sailing was hard. Then we came to a place called Safe Harbors near the city of Lacia. We had lost much time, and it was now dangerous to sail because it was already after the Jewish day of fasting. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that there will be a lot of trouble on this trip. The ship, everything in it, and even our lives may be lost. But the captain and the owner of the ship did not agree with Paul. So the army officer accepted what they said instead of believing Paul. Also, that harbor was not a good place for the ship to stay for the winter, so most of the men decided that we should leave there. They hoped we could reach Phoenix, where the ship could stay for the winter. Phoenix was a city on the island of Crete. It had a harbor that faced southwest and northwest. Verse 13. Then a good wind began to blow from the south. The men on the ship thought, this is the wind we wanted, and now we have it. So they pulled up the anchor. We sailed very close to the island of Crete. But then a very strong wind called the Northeaster came across the island. This wind took the ship and carried it away. The ship could not sail against the wind, so we stopped trying and let the wind blow us. We went below a small island named Kata. With the island protecting us from the wind, we were able to bring in the lifeboat, but it was very hard to do. After the men brought the lifeboat in, they tied ropes around the ship to hold it together. The men were afraid that the ship would hit the sandbanks of Citrus, so they lowered the sail and let the wind carry the ship. The next day, the storm was blowing against us so hard that the men threw some things out of the ship. A day later, they threw out the ship's equipment. For many days, we could not see the sun or the stars. The storm was very bad. We lost all hope of staying alive. We thought we would die. Verse 21, the men did not eat for a long time. Then one day, Paul stood up before them and said, men, I told you not to leave Crete. You should have listened to me. Then you would not have all this trouble and loss. But now I tell you to be happy. None of you will die, but the ship will be lost. Last night, an angel came to me from God, the God I worship and belong to. The angel said, Paul, don't be afraid. You must stand before Caesar. And God is giving you this promise. He will save the lives of all those sailing with you. So men, there's nothing to worry about. I trust God, and I'm sure everything will happen just as his angel told me, but we will crash on an island. Hmm. On the 14th night, we were still being blown around in the Adriatic Sea. The sailors thought we were close to land, and they threw a rope into the water with a weight on the end of it. They found that the water was 120 feet deep. They went a little further and threw the rope in again. It was 90 feet deep. The sailors were afraid that we would hit the rocks, so they threw four anchors into the water. Then they prayed for daylight to come. Some of the sailors wanted to leave the ship, and they lowered the lifeboat to the water. They wanted the other men to think they were throwing more anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul told the army officer and the other soldiers, if these men do not stay in the ship, you will all lose hope of survival. 
So the soldiers cut the ropes and let the lifeboat fall into the water. Just before dawn, Paul began persuading all the people to eat something. He said, for the past two weeks, you've been waiting and watching. You've not eaten for 14 days. Now I beg you to eat something. You need it to stay alive. None of you will lose even one hair off your heads. After he said this, Paul took some bread and thanked God for it before all of them. He broke off a piece and began eating. All the men felt better and started eating too. There were 276 people on the ship. We ate all we wanted. Then we began making the ship lighter by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, the sailors saw land, but they did not know what land it was. They saw a bay with a beach and wanted to sail the ship to the beach if they could. So they cut the ropes to the anchors and left the anchors in the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that were holding the rudders. Then they raised the front sail into the wind and sailed toward the beach. But the ship hit a sandbank. The front of the ship stuck there and could not move. Then the big waves began to break the back of the ship to pieces. The soldiers decided to kill the prisoners so that none of the prisoners could swim and escape. But Julius, the army officer, wanted to let Paul live. You see that favor of God? So he did not allow the soldiers to kill the prisoners. He told the people who could swim to jump into the water and swim to land. The others used wooden boards or or pieces of the ship. And this is how all the people went safely to land. So before we get into Acts 28, (laughs) there's just so much faith to unpack in Acts chapter 27. First of all, Paul warned these people. He said, listen, this ship, if we get on the ship, this trip is going to be real bad. Okay. He, God must have given him a warning or a vision and nobody listened to him. Realize that. Remember when he says that nobody listens to him, the captain, the other people on the ship, they're like, no, this is a good time to go. We don't want to be stuck here for the winter. Let's get on. Right. They get to the ship and then a hurricane a hurricane <laughs> forms inside of the sea and comes across the island straight towards them. So a nor'easter, pretty much like a hurricane, right? Now they're stuck in this thing for two weeks, tossing, turning. They don't even see the sky. They don't even see the sun. They don't even see the stars. That's how heavy this hurricane is. These guys start tossing their equipment, tossing the things that they have on the ship. It gets so bad that at one point the soldiers are about sorry, the um yeah the soldiers are about to lower the boats and save themselves, and Paul's like, listen, if y'all come out of this ship, you guys are gonna die, okay? We're all going to be safe, and let me tell you how the favor of God works. Even when people discount you, even when people discredit you, even when people don't take you seriously and think you don't know what you're talking about, I'm gonna do it my way, whatever. When God goes before you, sister in Christ, people will look at you differently. Those same men who didn't listen to him and sailed anyway, now listen to him. They, they, they cut off the lifeboats like, okay, we're not going to do that. He told them to eat. They ate. He told them to stay in that ship. They stayed. And when, praise Jesus, they did hit that sandbar and the ship started to be broken apart, Paul's word came true. What the Lord Jesus told him came true. Remember what Paul said, the Lord that I serve came to me and told me not one life is going to be lost, but we're going to lose the ship, right? (laughs) They hit the sandbar thinking they can make the beeline over to the island. Nah, the ship is going down. But when all of the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners, the Lord's favor was still upon Paul. So Julius was like, no, we're not going to kill these soldiers. I want Paul to live. And they all are able to get safely to the island. That is an act of faith. 
That is an act of obedience. Paul on that ship must have been terrified. He had the vision before they even got on the ship that this was not going to go well. He knew it. And they got on there anyway. And he's a prisoner. He's been falsely accused. He shouldn't even be on the ship anyway. And now he's stuck in a hurricane for two weeks with these dudes who don't want to listen, right? That must have required so much faith on his behalf, not only to speak up when he saw the soldiers doing something that was going to end up losing their lives. He could have been like, fine, ha-ha, yeah, get off the ship, ha-ha, y'all didn't want to listen to me. He didn't. He spoke up and he shared what God told him to share. He spoke the truth God told him to tell. And all of these men's lives were saved because of it. Not one of them lost their lives. And it's just extraordinary to see how God can bless you because you show your faith. God can bless you and equip you during the worst parts of your life. This man was in a hurricane for two weeks in the middle of the sea. Can you imagine the seasickness, the waves tossing you back and forth, probably seeing double? Sis, God can equip you even when you're going through the worst of the worst of it. Even when things keep getting worse. I mean, think about it. First, it's this wind. And then they have to get rid of the equipment. And then all of a sudden they hit a sandbar. <laughs> the ship starts breaking apart. But Paul, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I gotta, I gotta get out of this. He stayed firm and committed to what God told him. And he gave them wise instruction. And they listened. They saw Paul completely differently after that. Completely differently. And these are hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. I would bet money that some of them ended up accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior that day. I'll tell you that much. So when God is asking you to do something, to share what he's telling you to share, even in the midst of your trials and tribulations, when you're being tossed about by the waves and things just seem to be getting worse and worse, you continue saying what God told you to say. You continue speaking what the Lord revealed to you. That is the only thing that matters. All right, so thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. Okay, my love, let's go ahead and finish the book of Acts with Acts chapter 28. When we were safe on land, we learned that the island was called Malta. The people who lived there were very good to us. It was raining and very cold, so they built a fire and welcomed all of us. Paul gathered a pile of sticks for the fire. He was putting the sticks on the fire, and a poisonous snake came out because of the heat and bit him on the hand. When the people living on the island saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said, this man must be a murderer. He did not die in the sea, but justice does not want him to live. But Paul shook the snake off the fire and was not hurt. Did you hear that, sis? This man shook the poisonous snake off his hand into the fire, and he was not hurt. That's what you call faith. Somebody else might have been like, I got bit. I got bit. Call 911. But Paul had so much faith, he knew what God told him, that they would all get out of that shipwreck safely. He knew that. So even when this poisonous snake bites him, he's not concerned by it. He knows what God told him. He just shakes it off. And he actually ends up being fine. <laughs> Verse 6, the people thought he would swell up or fall down dead. They waited and watched him for a long time, but nothing bad happened to him. So they changed their opinion and they said, he is a God. <laughs> Verse seven, there were some fields around that same area. They were owned by a man named Publius, the most important Roman official on the island. He welcomed us into his home and was very good to us. We stayed in his house for three days. Publius' father was very sick. He had a fever and dysentery. 
But Paul went to him and prayed for him. He laid his hands on the man and healed him. After this happened, all the other sick people on the island came to Paul and he healed them too. Isn't that beautiful? They, he literally got shipwrecked to this island. He wasn't even supposed to be on this island, but he's still doing the work of the Lord. So much so that first of all, they saw the first miracle. He healed himself in the name of Jesus by just shaking off that snake and believing what God told him that he was going to be safe. He was going to stand in front of Caesar. So it didn't even shake him. It didn't even bother him. He didn't even flinch. He just shook the snake off into the fire. How much more should we do the same thing in our own lives? If God told us to start this Christian business and we fail at our first marketing campaign, shake it off. Shake that thing into the fire. You know what God told you. You know that he has something great in store for you. So pick yourself up and get moving again. And not only did Paul stop there, when he was welcomed to this home of Publius and he saw that the father was very sick with fever and dysentery, Paul went to him and he prayed for him. Remember, the father didn't say, oh, that's the apostle Paul bringing him, bring him here and heal me. No, Paul's faith alone is what took him into that room and healed that man because Paul knows what Jesus can do. And because he had that act of faith, even after he got shipwrecked, even after he was in that hurricane, even after he got bitten by a snake, because Paul held on to that faith, now all the other people on the island were able to come over and receive healing and hear about the gospel of Christ as well. And yes, because of Jesus and the name of Jesus, Paul healed them too. That's what you call faith. That's what you call ministry. And Paul continued to work for the Lord even when things kept going wrong. Verse 10, the people on the island gave us many honors. And after we had been there three months and were ready to leave, they provided us everything we needed for our trip. We got on a ship from Alexandria that had stayed on the island of Malta during the winter. On the front of the ship was a sign for the twin gods. We stopped at the city of Syracuse and we stayed there three days and then left. We came to the city of Regem. The next day, a wind began to blow from the southwest, so we were unable to leave. A day later, we came to the city of Potolio. We found some believers there who asked us to stay with them a week. Finally, we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters in Rome heard about us and came out to meet us at the market of Appius and at the three inns. When Paul saw these believers, he thanked God and felt encouraged. Verse 16. When we came to Rome, Paul was allowed to live alone. But a soldier stayed with him to guard him. You hear that? That's favor of the Lord. Paul's a prisoner. And he's allowed to live by himself. And you're going to hear in just a second, huh? he looked good, praise God. Verse 17, three days later, Paul sent for some of the most important Jews. And when they came together, he said, my brothers, I've done nothing against our people or against the customs of our fathers. But I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They asked me many questions, but they could not find any reason why I should be put to death. So they wanted to let me go free. But the Jews there did not want that. So I had to come to ask, to, I had to ask to come to Rome to have my trial before Caesar. That doesn't mean I'm accusing my people of doing anything wrong. That is why I wanted to see you and talk with you. I am bound with this chain because I believe in the hope of Israel. The Jews answered Paul, we have received no letters from, J from Judea about you. None of our Jewish brothers who have traveled from there brought news about you or told us anything about you, anything bad about you. We want to hear your ideas. We know that people everywhere are speaking against this new group. Verse 23. Paul and the Jews chose a day for a meeting. On that day, many more of these Jews met with Paul at his house. He spoke to them all day long, explaining God's kingdom to them. He used the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets to persuade them to believe in Jesus. Some of the Jews believed what he said, but others did not believe. 
They had an argument among themselves and were ready to leave. But Paul said one more thing to them. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet. He said, Go to this people and tell them. You will listen and you will hear, but you will not understand. You will look and you will see, but you will not understand what you see. Yes, the minds of these people are now closed. They have ears, but they don't listen. They have eyes, but they refuse to see. If their minds were not closed, they might see with their eyes. They might hear with their ears. They might understand with their minds. Then they might turn back to me and be healed. I want you, to do, I want you Jews to know that God has sent his salvation to the non-Jewish people. They will listen. Verse 30. Paul stayed two full years in his own rented house. He welcomed all the people who came and visited him. He told them about God's kingdom and taught them about the Lord Jesus Christ. He was very bold and no one tried to stop him from speaking. And that is the end of the book of Acts. You see how God used this man who started off persecuting. Killing Christians is how Paul started. He was dragging Christians out of the synagogue, putting them into prisons. He actually went and got special letters from the Jewish leaders to go out into other cities and do this. And he ends up sharing the gospel of Christ to everyone and anyone, all those God sent to him. He made it his mission and his job to spend all day, (laughs) all day, all week, all month, all year, sharing the gospel of Christ. Sister in Christ, we got to do the same thing. Our mission as Christian entrepreneurs is so much bigger than us. It's not just about how much money we make. It's not about how many followers we have, how many subscribers we get, how many uh, people are on our email list. It's not about that. It's about doing the mission God put on your heart, whatever that is in your business. Here at God the Wood Girl, the mission God gave me is to help women of Christ get unstuck stop feeling frustrated, and start living their God-given purpose. That is my mission. If you're feeling frustrated and suck with your life, my mission is to come find you and help you get out of that and get back to what God made you to be. That's my mission. That's what God put me here to do. So ask yourself, what did God put you here to do, sis? What is he asking you to do in your business? And are you actually doing it? Are you committed like how Paul was? No matter what went wrong, it didn't matter. Think about all the things Paul went through in this book. He got stoned. They, they thought he was dead. <laughs> he got stoned to the point they thought he was dead. It wasn't until the other disciples came and stood around him that he got back up. The man was imprisoned. The man got beaten naked. The man got whipped. The man got shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, imprisoned falsely accused over and over and over again. And still, he was relentless for his mission to share the gospel of Christ with those who hadn't heard of him. That's all Paul did day in and day out, sis. So what is God asking you to do? What is your mission? What is your ministry? What did the Lord put you on this earth for? Spend every day relentlessly pursuing it. Take Paul as your example. No matter what went wrong, he continued relentlessly sharing the gospel of Christ. And I want to make sure by the grace of Jesus, I do the same thing in my life too. So sister in Christ, if you're like, well, Stephanie, I know the Lord's calling me to start my Christian business. I just don't know what to do or how to start it. I have a free Christian business toolkit that'll help you get started. You can get it by going to purposegift.com slash business kit. That's purposegift.com slash business kit. 
The link is in the description box of this episode. If you're like, well, Stephanie, that sounds amazing, but honestly, I'm not quite sure if I'm a Christian yet. Says, I have great news for you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So what that means is being a Christian is trusting in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. All you got to do is say this prayer with me. You're going to say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sister in Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. (laughs) Get into a virtual Bible-based church in your area and get started reading the word of God. He loves you and adores you. And the only way you'll discover the promises he has for you is by reading his word. I always recommend starting with the book of John because it's literally like the Lord's love letter to you. And we did an entire study in the book of John on this podcast. So if you rewind a few episodes, you'll be able to check that out. Sister in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus. And give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God the Wood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godthewoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at purposegift.com. Thanks for listening, God the Wood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.